You've heard of BetaShares. You've probably seen the logo on our podcast. You might even be among their 1 million investors. So you can imagine that I'm delighted to say BetaShares is the official ETF partner of the Australian Finance Podcast. With nearly 100 exchange-traded funds, you can go to betashares.com.au and immerse yourself in ETFs and unique insights covering all of the sectors, themes, core and satellite positions you could want. Think cybersecurity through the Hack ETF, robotics and AI with the RBTZ ETF, and uranium with the URNM ETF. The list goes on. To explore the BetaShares ETF range, visit betashares.com.au, read the relevant PDS and TMD on the website, and consider if the fund is right for you. BetaShares Capital Limited is the issuer. Is there a Spotify wrapped for investing? If you want to invest in shares or ETFs, our friends at Perla are more than one step ahead of the curve. On average, people who use Perla invest $1,750 every month. That's what we want to see, proper dollar cost averaging. With automated investing tools making your life simple, Perla investors have well and truly mastered the art of investing small bits lots of times. So if you're ready to start growing your net worth in 2024, follow the link in your Spotify or Apple podcast player right now to discover how you can get started today. Hey there, here's a quick note. This podcast contains general financial advice only. That means it's not specific to you, your needs, goals, or objectives. So don't act on the information until you've spoken with your financial advisor. You'll find our full disclosure, disclaimer, and link to our financial services guide in the show notes. Savers rejoice. Kate Campbell, welcome to this episode of the Australian Finance Podcast. It is wonderful to be back, Owen, and a wonderful time for savers as well. Yes, it is. Interest rates are up. That's good for savers, bad for mortgage holders or property owners like us. Um, has your interest rate gone up? Uh, on, I don't think so. Not in the last month, but it did go up before that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Our but, interest rates are definitely up. Yeah. But uh, also, interest rates are up on savings accounts at the moment. And interest from listeners is also up. We've had a few questions Ooh. for the first time uh, since we probably started the podcast back at the beginning of 2019. Um, it's very interesting to watch the trends of what people are asking us um, via Instagram DMs, in our Facebook community, all over the place, because it often shows where um, people are interested in at the moment. And mm. so there hadn't been any questions about savings accounts and interest rates there for a long time. And now we're suddenly starting to see people wondering, where should they put their savings to get the most out of them? Where should they be putting their house savings uh, account? Where should they put their emergency fund? So in this episode, we're going to break down some tips on getting the most out of your savings because you can get a little bit more out of it now if you are mindful why it's important to shop around for a better interest rate on your savings accounts. Mm -hmm. uh, some of the best savings accounts, savings, yeah, savings accounts yeah, around yep. Yep. at the moment um, because they've got good interest rates and maybe some good features. Uh, we've done a little bit of research there and some also some term deposits. Mm. It's, that's up your alley and maybe the difference between both of them. And some of Owen's thoughts on when it's better to use a term deposit over an offset account. All right. So there's a lot for us to get through, Kate. Um, let's just start off with straight up. How do you get the most out of your savings account? Yeah. The first thing is being mindful where you're putting your everyday spending and your savings. And when I say everyday spending, most 
most of us, I'd say everyone, has a transaction account, a spending account where they're paying for their coffees, they're paying for their groceries, um, they're maybe making online purchases from, and generally that doesn't have any interest rate. You're not getting any return on your money there. It's just sitting there for daily use. And you'll have your savings account, which sits alongside that, that you'll put other money that you're not using immediately. And in return for putting this money in the savings account, the bank rewards you with a little bit of interest. And it didn't used to be much, but it's going up now. So just being aware of what's in a transaction account and the differences between that and a savings account. Yeah. And thinking about where you're putting the bulk of your money that you're not using on a day-to-day basis. So some people might have their whole paycheck in their transaction account, and you could actually have two-thirds of your paycheck in a savings account until you need it. So just thinking about like where you keep most of your money and where you're keeping your house deposit savings and where you're putting your emergency fund and thinking, can I put that money in a savings account and potentially even in a different bank savings account to the bank I use for my transactions so they're not immediately linked together. Yeah, cool. I like it. Okay, so once we've figured out, like, so a good example, just as an example of a bank would, ING, would be ING. We're about to talk about the savings maximizer. People might not know that the savings maximizer is linked to a transaction account and that's how you earn the interest. So knowing how those two work together is actually really important as well. Um, so not just where it is, but also how they interplay. What about what are some other tips to, for getting the most from your savings right now? Yeah. You also want to keep an eye on your savings rates. So your bank might send you an email or they might have an in-app notification, but just keep an eye on what that what the changes are happening there and if there are things you have to do to get those savings accounts as well. So um, banks change things on a very regular basis, especially at the moment. So just be really mindful of what your current interest rate is. And then by knowing that, you can figure out, is there a better rate available for you? Just checking my savings rate now and don't actually know how to check it. <laughs> That's bad. But um, I do, with the ING app, I know I can check it in... Um, Yeah, sometimes it's in the settings, the FAQ, sometimes there's like a little information button or you can just Google the bank. Yeah, here we go. So yeah, in this, in my app, which I'm just using ING on on air right now, it actually has like the notifications tab and you can check all the changes as well as different things, um, all the activity in your account. Cool. Okay. Yeah. And I know with UpMoney, they send you an in-app message when they change the interest rate as well. So that's quite, they tell you and you can go and have a look and stay on top of things that way. Okay. And it's okay, cool. I like this. So just even just checking in right now, I can see there's so many different little features here, like 1% cash back. Um, oh, there's a credit card. We don't want that. Um, and a bunch of other little things. Okay, cool. So yeah, what so about what about when banks offer you, you know, there's, because they all, they're all trying to attract you to get you to switch, right? Like up to ING, to Westpac, to whoever. Like there's a few catches there, right? Yeah. Something to be really mindful is of what we call honeymoon rates. So something the bank offers you for a short term, mm-hmm. t- short time frame to incentivize you to switch over to them. And so some banks offer this with savings accounts and they'll say, we'll give you 3% or 4% interest on your savings, but only for four months. And then it's going to drop right back to this quite low rate. So they incentivize you to switch across to them and then they switch after four months. So that's something to be really mindful of because most people don't want to be moving their savings around too often. It's a bit of a hassle, opening bank accounts, closing bank accounts, um, and it doesn't really simplify your financial plan, especially if you want to put automations onto your Mm. savings and have $50 go into this account every month. But you you could, for example, have, let's say you had a fair bit of money in cash. Let's say you had $100,000 in cash. 
wonderful. Um, and really, you don't want to invest that money, but you also think, well, I want to maximize it. You could almost have like, you could split it up. So maybe like say $50,000 of it is seeking the highest interest mm. rate. So then that might be the money that you switch around and that's okay, but you still got all your automations running from the other side of your bank account. Yeah. But I, I think people should should be mindful that if you do chase high interest rates, just make sure that it's like you read the the asterisks because sometimes it's you have to be a new customer to the bank or sometimes you have to be you know open a brand new account and if you're just switching back it's not the same thing so if you have five accounts already open with the banks you might not be eligible so keep that in mind yeah. okay what about so i mentioned the and we'll talk about ing and specific banks in just a minute but i mentioned ing before and since that was really you know well written about in the barefoot investor people open bank accounts and over time, things have changed. One of the things is there's a lot of hurdles with that, right? So can you explain how these work? Yes. Yeah, so hurdles is something the bank will put in that you have to hit before you can make the most of the interest rate. So they might have a very low uh, standard rate. Mm-hmm. There might be 0.1% or something like that. And then the bulk of it, like 2.5%, will be a variable rate that you can only get on your savings if you hit a hurdle like deposit $1,000 a month or increase the balance of your savings account or make five purchases in your linked transaction account. And these are things you're going to have to meet each month before you can get this high interest savings right. rate that they advertise on their website. So there'll be those asterisks. And that's why it's really important not just to read that headline rate. If you're thinking, I'm going to use this savings account, you really need to go and see, is there anything I need to hit each month? And it, it starts again each month. So you're going to have to hit this on a monthly basis. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's really important before you switch to potentially a better rate that if it does have hurdles, you think about can you normally meet these hurdles? If you're not saving $1,000 a month uh, currently or you're not able to increase your savings account balance or you don't want to make transactions out of that account, it might put you in a position where you can't really comfortably meet those hurdles. Yeah, right. Okay. So... I think feel like if you're listening to this, you might want to just look back at the last month of your spendings and transactions. Most people, I think, would hit the five transactions, say with ING. Mm. Um, but you might want to review the other hurdles. Have I saved more money? Has there been a deposit going into that bank account? And if there hasn't, you probably don't want to change all of your spending habits or try to do that just to get a bit extra in interest because you might it might break. And yeah. you know, just hypothetically, if you could go for 3% and there's a heap of hurdles, but you might not get, or 2% and you know, like easy breezy, you're going to you're gonna hit it. You probably want to go with the lower option just because yeah. it's consistent, right? Because the rate, if you don't meet the hurdles, is usually very, very low on those high interest savings accounts. Mm. Um, and it's usually designed to make you put all of your banking in one spot. So you get your paycheck deposit into that savings account, you save there, and you also do all your spending with the transaction account. So it's a lot of these hurdles are designed to make you use that bank for everything. Yeah. So just in summary there, we've got using your accounts mindfully, like don't have all your money just in a transaction account. That's just gross. Um, just always be mindful of the, the savings rate you are getting and look at the notifications or read the bank's website because loyalty tax is one of the biggest things that hits people. So the longer you stay with the bank, typically the worse your rate becomes. Um, beware of honeymoon rates. They, if like, just be mindful of them, I guess is the right word because, you know, you might not be getting that rate forever. Um, and just quickly on that, if they say interest rates like of 3% in the 
for the first four months. Remember when they quote interest rates, it's not 3% in four months, it's 3% over a full year, but you only get that rate for four months. So it's not like you're getting 3% in four months, if that makes sense. Yeah, it might mean a lot of changing and extra financial admin for only $5 more interest than you would have gotten a different account, depending on how much savings. So you really have to think about whether Mm. it's worth it. Yep. And the final one was just just be mindful of the hurdles, like the asterisks, read those um, because you may not end up getting the interest that you think you're getting. Quickly, Kate, maybe before we just move on to this next section, um, can you just tell us the difference between a savings account and a term deposit? Yeah. So savings account is very flexible. You can put money in, you can take money out whenever you want. Maybe there's some hurdles there, but generally you can do whatever you Mm. want. You might not get the full interest rate, but they're flexible. Um, and you can put things like your house deposit in there, your savings for your next holiday, your emergency fund, and you get paid interest on that savings account for putting the money there. Mm. And a term deposit is similar to a savings account, but different in the fact that you're locking your money away for a set period of time. So you're telling the bank, I'm not going to touch that money, and they won't let you touch that money for 90 days or six months or a year. Sometimes you can even go up to five years. Hmm. And so the bank will often pay you a slightly higher interest rate because you're locking this money away. The thing to note with term deposits, though, if you want to break that term deposit and get your money out before that 12 months is up or whatever the term you decide is, you'll often have to give them at least 30 days notice unless it's a situation of financial hardship and you'll often pay a penalty in terms of how much interest you get uh, for doing so. So it's something to be mindful of. They can be quite attractive Mm. in terms of rates. Like There's some quite good ones that we'll mention later, but you are locking money away for a certain period of time. Okay, so not as flexible for a term deposit as a savings account uh, versus a savings account. Okay, cool. So just just a quick one, but it's really important to start thinking about this now because interest rates are up. People, uh, you are eligible to earn much better rates on your interest than you were a year ago um, to the tune of maybe three or 400% more. You know, you might have been on basically no interest and now you're being offered in some instances over 3%, mm. which is a massive increase. Of course, your mortgage has gone up if you have that and your rent will probably go up too if you have rent to pay. So maybe consider locking that in. Um so just across the board, it's a really important time to start shopping for high interest rates. And to make your life easier, Kate's put together a list of high interest savings accounts. Just before we get to them, we are going to mention banks and we are recording this in very late August, 2022. These rates will change. They will change probably by tomorrow, maybe even before you listen to this in a couple of days. So please be mindful that even if we do quote rates, we aren't saying that this is fixed. We're not, you know, saying that this is it is what it is when you listen to it or check it out. So just go click the links in the show notes, go through, check the hurdles, and compare yourself. Final note on this: we do not get paid for mentioning any of these banks. I think that should be clear from everything that we've done and everything you've heard from us in the past. But just to be crystal clear, we don't earn anything. We don't have any relationships with these banks. So um, we're just trying to bring you some high interest savings accounts and term deposits. With that said, Kate, let's get into them. Yeah. Okay. So it's a good point to start because some of these names we're going to mention are often payers of quite high interest rates on savings accounts, but not always. But the first one I'm going to mention, which also comes up when we talk about term deposits, is Macquarie Bank. Mm. Now, We talk about the big four banks a lot. We did a podcast, actually, a deep dive on the Macquarie share price, so listeners might be familiar uh, with Macquarie, but 
2.25% mm-hmm. on your savings account. Uh, there's no hurdles there, which is nice. And they're currently offering one of those honeymoon rates I mentioned before of 3.1% for four months. Okay. So if you're a new customer, you can open your account, you get that honeymoon rate, and then it will drop back to 2.25%. Um, I'm sure Macquarie m- might go up a little bit more. they generally quite good payers on savings accounts. Okay, cool. So Macquarie is one that uh, we bring up quite a bit, even on our Australian Investors podcast. I know Drew talks about him quite a bit because most people have known Macquarie, as we spoke about previously, for kind of being like a fancy bank. Like it's the one where like you hear of like wealthy people going to and whatever, but it's open to everyone. And we mentioned it quite a while ago on the cashback yeah. uh, segment that we did. They if you, they have a marketplace. Yeah, so um, if you're a Macquarie customer, you get access to their marketplace and you can buy gift cards to things like Woolies or JB Hi-Fi for 5 to 10% off. So that is a good savings hack if you're prepared enough to actually buy the gift card in advance of actually wanting to shop somewhere, which I never remember to do. I never remember to, but let's be honest, like groceries are typically the, well, they are the second biggest stressor of uh, for mortgage, uh, for, for households. So in terms of finance, it goes your mortgage or rent, then... Um, then your grocery bill. Yeah, and good to keep in mind for Christmas time as well if you want to get gift yeah. cards. Yeah, and if you're and if you're spending a lot at Christmas time, just have a look in your marketplace for your bank. CPA does something similar for like yeah broadband and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, okay. I, f- I find Macquarie is very simple and easy to use. They don't have lots of fancy features, but it's very straightforward um, in terms of the transaction and savings accounts. Does what it says. Yeah. Yep. Number two. ING. So Owen mentioned before, mm-hmm. popular because of the Barefoot Investor, but they're currently offering 3.1% mm-hmm. up to $100,000 on your savings maximizer. However, ING have about three different hurdles you have to meet every month. So be mindful of those hurdles, basically. Yeah. I found that was a bit too hard on every month to actually achieve um, because you had to make the five transactions, which is okay. The $1,000 going into that bank account, but you also had to increase the balance of your savings account, which was hard Mm. if you were using the savings account um, to make transactions. Maybe you were investing some of that money or it was an emergency fund that you had to use some of the money and things like that. So it wasn't always something achievable on a monthly basis. Inside the RAS membership um, community, RAS Core, you mentioned that they probably one of the things that might appeal to people is also uh, international Fees. Yeah. They do have, so if you withdraw cash internationally, um, I don't think there are any ATM fees from memory. Could be wrong. I, what I remember was that if you um, make international purchases, you got the transaction fee rebated. Okay, cool. So I'm not sure about the ATM part. Okay, sweet. Um, well, and I they just have went a- off reservation, but that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Number three is Ubank. Um, a bank, when I first started hunting for the best deals quite a few years ago, you know, four or five years ago, Ubank was also at the top of the list. Um, what are they offering? Yes. So Ubank, underneath NAB, National mm-hmm. Australia Bank, um, they recently bought out 86400 and Neobank. So the branding is very fresh. They've got a lot of great features with savings and spending. So they're currently offering 2.85%, which increased on the 1st of September as I'm recording, and this has a deposit hurdle. So you do have to put a certain amount in each month to get that. Okay. And then in next, we have Australian Unity. A lot of people probably don't know Australian Unity, the bank, uh, 2.5% per annum up to 500,000 clams, but it also does come with a deposit hurdle. So yep, of 250 a month, and you also can't make any withdrawals. 
So that was something I, I did see in the fine print there. Yeah, sure. Okay. Well. So that's why you have to be so mindful about which one you choose. You might have to go, I go for not the best interest rate because I would just want more flexibility. Yeah, well, that one's even not, yeah, I agree with you. That one's not even the best interest rate, but maybe you can use that as like a separate bank account where you store your your savings rather than for everything else where you might actually withdraw money. Num- number five, Kate? Number five, Suncorp. So 2.4% and you have to grow the balance by $200 a month and you can make maximum of a one withdrawal. Yep. Okay. So again, maybe like, maybe like the extra one on the side um, that you earn interest on rather than your main account if you're constantly using it for transactions and what have you. Um, so just in order there, uh, before we get to the next one, which is uh, one that we know a lot of listeners will be wanting to hear about, uh, we've got Macquarie, 2.25% up to 250K, but there's a f- honeymoon. ING, 3.1%, multiple hurdles. Ubank, 2.85% uh, deposit hurdle. Australian Unity, 2.5% deposit hurdle. Suncorp, 2.4%. Uh, but you have to grow it by 200, 200 bucks a month and no more than one withdrawal. Kate, up money is one that a lot of our listeners I know bank with, uh, I know you bank with, and we had uh, them appear on the show maybe one or two years ago. So what about up? What's up offering for our listeners? Yeah, so up, I just saw the notification in my app that they're increasing on the 1st of September, so this will be when the episode comes out, to 2.1% mm. on the savings. Um, I definitely like up as a transaction bank. I think it has a lot of features. It's really good to know where you're spending instead of having to do a separate budget tool. I can actually see what I've spent in each category and I can put targets as well. And I think it's they've released some new features like their may buy feature. So they're really encouraging people to opt out of buy now, pay later and actually save up for what they want. Yeah, cool. And um, another cool hmm. feature they just launched this week, uh, I'm just saying because it's I, I thought it was a really good idea, is that you can now lock up a certain savings account. So if you are saving for a holiday and you know you don't want to touch it under any circumstances, you can now lock that account. And if you unlock it, it takes three hours to be able to access it. So it stops you making any impulse purchase out of that account. What's the choose a mate to give faster? Oh, so you can um, opt for when you set up your locked account, mm-hmm. you can choose one of your friends so that if you do need to unlock it, you can ask them to help. Oh. So you don't have to wait the three hours. Oh, right. So they've like it's like kind of like a buddy system where yeah. your friend is like the gatekeeper yep. and say, yes, Kate, you can spend that money kind of thing. Yeah. So I think that's quite a cool feature because sometimes you just have the impulse to buy something. But if you've locked most of that savings away and you have at least a three hour time frame before you can access that fund, that would probably stop a lot of impulse purchases. Yeah, cool. I like it. So up money, transactions, good. Um, so th- we do have, we'll be quick with this part, but we do have a couple of special uh, rates that are offered for younger savers in particular. So if you are a younger person, you identify as young, um, this might be for you. Um, I don't fit into one of these categories, uh, unhappy face. I you fit into the first one. I fit into the first one. Okay. So go for it. What have we got? There's two banks. Yes. Yeah, so if you're between 14 and 35 year old, years old, you can use Bank of Queensland and they're offering 3.5% on your savings up to $50,000. There's a few hurdles with that one. 3.5% is pretty good. Yeah. And if you're 18 to 29-year-old, Westpac offering 3.25% up to $30,000 with a few hurdles there. So if you're in that age group, it might be worth checking out those options as well. Yeah, I don't like Westpac anyway, so... (laughs) 
Okay. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. So BOQ, 3.5%, up to 50K. Westpac, 3.25%. Not a bank that we always see in the charts. Up to $30,000 only. That's 18 to 29-year-olds, which is a good amount of money um, anyway for people that age. So term deposit rates, Kate, we're going to switch gears now. We've gone from, you could use, say, a transaction account. By the way, huge advocate for using a transaction account with one bank and then having savings with another bank. There's no rules against that. Like You can definitely do that, and I would encourage it uh, yeah. if you have a substantial amount of savings. Because if it's a long-term savings goal, you don't want to be looking at that amount of money every day and feeling very tempted when you're seeing $5,000 just sitting there. Yeah, go and get the bank account that has no hurdles or very low hurdles and just put your savings in there and then choose the or a term deposit and then have a transaction account that you like to use and encourages good savings habits. Yeah. So, okay, term deposit rates. Um, we've got a, the similar banks are appearing here. No surprises there, but there's an addition of one of the big banks. So, what have we got here for term deposits? Yeah. So, if you're potentially wanting to lock your money away for a longer period of time, we've got Macquarie offering 3.6% for 12 months. That's a hefty amount of money from the silver donut. Yeah, and that increased from when I wrote these notes last week. So, they have increased it in last week. Hmm. Uh, Rabobank, 3.3% for 12 months. Mm-hmm. ING, 3.25% for 12 months. Mm-hmm. Suncor, 3.2% for 18 months. So, that would mean, if just FYI, that would mean that you get 3.2% for 12 months and then there's an additional six months there at that rate. Yeah. And CBA is doing a special offer at the moment of 3% for 18 months. Which is pretty good. So, CBA, a lot of our listeners uh, would bank with CBA. So, there's... You don't need to go anywhere if you want to lock in your money. So remember, term deposits, you would lock in your money for a certain amount of time. And if you break it before the time, there might be consequences. In fact, there would be consequences. So um, keep that in mind. We've got Macquarie 3.6, Rabo 3.3, ING 3.25. Those are all over 12 months. And we've got Suncorp at 3.2 for 18, CBA 3 for 18. I mean, any of those rates are good. Yeah, and some of them have still quite reasonable uh, rates on a six-month or a three-month. So if you have a shorter time frame, it could be more worthwhile to use that than a savings, just depending on what. I wouldn't recommend putting your emergency fund in a term deposit because no. I think your emergency fund needs to be really accessible and you don't want to have to worry about breaking a term deposit when you're in a tough situation already. I would add one thing there, though. If you have, say... Thirty or $40,000 in your emergency fund. I don't know your circumstances, but let's say you did. You might choose to have half of it in a term deposit today. Or like say, if you've got 40 grand, you might put $10,000 in a term deposit today for 12 months. And then in six months, do another term deposit for 12 months for another 10K. So it kind of like rolls forward. Mm-hmm. So then that way... You still got that the what we call liquid amount of money, which is the twenty thousand. But then the other twenty thousand is working for you. But again, I mean, there's not much difference between the savings rates and the term deposits at the end of the day. So you might just want the peace of mind of all in a savings account. Yeah. Or as we're about to talk about, an offset account. Yeah. So just don't make your life harder. Is the summary of all oh, yeah. of this. If the hurdles are too high, um, just opt for something slightly lower but easier to maintain. Yeah, and if you do have a better bank, you found one that offers a good rate or a term deposit or something that you think might be better, can you please write into us? Just find us on Instagram or Twitter or send us an email or if you're a member, jump into the discussion boards. Just let us know because we want to share that with more people. So um, we want to reward the banks for good interest rates. So we'll give them a shout out. Um, So Kate... Offset accounts versus term deposits. I think this is a good 
talking point just quickly? Yeah, because we've been discussing a little bit in the office that when is it better to lock in a high interest term deposit, such as like that 3.6% with Macquarie, or put that money in your offset account? So it's almost always better to use an offset account. What is an offset account? An offset account is just a place to put your savings. And it, the reason it's called an offset is it because you save on interest on your mortgage. So let's say you have $500,000 and you have $100,000 in cash in your offset account. Your mortgage, the interest that you pay on your mortgage only applies to $400,000. That's 500 loan minus 100 in savings equals 400. So you actually save on interest rather than making interest. And the savings part is key because you actually don't pay tax on saving money. So a term deposit or a savings account, you pay tax on that. It automatically pre-fills into the ATO portal when you get your interest. So don't worry about that. Um, but the, the offset account actually saves you interest. And so realistically, when you're comparing an offset account versus a, a term deposit or savings account, what you need to calculate is the offset, so the savings account or term deposit, less tax and you actually find that say i don't know say you say your tax rate is 30 percent and your term term deposit is three percent you have to take 30 percent off that term deposit which would be two percent so you'd be comparing that against your mortgage interest rate and this is why mortgages always win like in terms of offset accounts uh, offset accounts should be free if you speak to your mortgage broker or speak to your bank um, you should be able to get them on your mortgage um, I was actually reminded of something when you were reading out the things for young savers before. I actually had this really interesting thing. Don't know the legalities of it, so full disclosure here, but um, a family friend of mine, when their kids were saving for a home deposit, the parents had a mortgage. And the dad had this idea that, well, if you've got $50,000 in a savings account, this is when interest rates were like zero, He's like, why don't you just put that money in my offset account and I'll save on interest and I'll just give you some of the savings. So does that make sense? Like say, you know, I've got a mortgage, you don't have an offset account, but I do. Give me some of that that cash. I'll put it straight into my offset account. I'm not making money from it. I'm just saving money. And so I'm sure that like, the ATO has woken up to this or there's some rule around this. If you're an accountant, let me know. But um, that was kind of one way around it. Um, but it almost always makes sense to use an offset account. I would say that there are times when term deposits make a lot of sense though. And that's typically later in life when your mortgage isn't as big or when you're about to roll off your mortgage. So if you've only got like ten dollars or $20,000 left on your mortgage, you might want to start locking in term deposits because the savings you're going to make on your mortgage aren't that substantial. We didn't actually mention something, Kate, when it comes to term deposits we talked about 12 or 18 months. You can do a year, two years, three years, four years sometimes. And you might want to do that if you think interest rates are really going to fall. So for example, if you could get a 3.6% term deposit over four years, that's 3.6% every single year. And you think interest rates are going to go back to zero for whatever reason that you have, you might consider a term deposit because you can lock in the higher rate. So those are some of the options. But Offset account almost always wins. Yeah, and I know term deposits also quite popular for people with a self-managed super fund to lock Absolutely. in that cash portion of their investment allocation yep. rather than using something like AAA, which is the cash 
ETF. ETF. Yeah, the popular cash ETF from BetaShares. Um, yeah, and that's true. Like so, term deposits don't SMSFs, have fees. Yeah, SMSFs are great because the interest, the, the tax rate is lower too, because uh, self-managed super funds and super funds have lower tax rates than individuals. So um, that's yeah, a good environment. So yeah, that's about it. Yeah. We covered a lot in this episode. If you find any others, let us know. A reminder to always do your research and click the links in the show notes because I expect some of these rates will change tomorrow. As soon as the RBA or the bank changes their mind, they will be different. Yeah, (laughs) you'll find that your savings interest rate falls quicker than your mortgage interest rate because every day that the bank delays lowering their mortgage is a more profit that they can make. So every hour counts for big banks. So... Uh, whereas savers get stung, uh, mortgage people, sorry, people like people with mortgage get stung, homeowners get stung, um, savers also get stung as well. So, um, in any case, I think we've got some really good ideas for people that are on the lookout for a new bank or just a high interest savings account. This is a great episode for you. Check out the show notes. There's links there from Kate. Uh, and if you find anything better, let us know. Yep. Cool. Okay. Wonderful. And we've got our banking and budgeting Rask Road Trip course as well. That's free. If you're interested in learning more, that we'll put in the show notes. Yes, there is a calculator in there. There's a spreadsheet. You can use it to map kind of your journey. It's so powerful. Just get in, download it. Like you can download it and use it yourself however you like. If you want to geek out in Excel, up to you. Kate, as always, thanks for joining me. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Australian Finance Podcast, where our mission is to improve the financial futures of all Australians. If you'd like to learn more, create a free account at rusk.com.au forward slash account to download free episode workbooks, bonus resources, and take our amazing free personal finance courses. You can also join our online community by following the link in the description. If you enjoyed the show, what we'd love is for you to leave us a snappy review on iTunes. And you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Rask Australia. Kate and I are also on both of those channels. Finally, if you have any feedback, suggestions for episodes or guests to come on the show, or you just have a question for us, shoot us an email at podcast at rask.com.au. Are you thinking about starting your wealth creating journey, but not sure where to put your hard earned dollars? InvestSmart can help. InvestSmart offers a free quiz that makes it easy to find the right InvestSmart ETF portfolio to help you reach your goals. Just visit investsmart.com.au and hit get started. Answer a few simple questions about your goals and how much you want to invest and you'll get a tailored statement of advice with a portfolio recommendation. You can visit investsmart.com.au for a no-obligations free statement of advice. This ad is brought to you by InvestSmart Advice, AFSL 334107. For more than a decade, I've been hunting for the best investors and their methods, strategies, and tools for investing. After years in the industry, countless books, a few degrees, and 1,000 podcasts and live shows, I've rolled this accumulated knowledge into something called Rask Invest. If you've ever heard me talk about a core and a satellite, active and passive, true long-term compounding, or you simply want to know exactly how I would invest, now is your chance. Rask Invest is our new investment service, designed for all types of investors who want professional management of their core portfolio at a low cost from a team they trust. Rask Invest helps you automate your wealth creation and passive income. 
simply click the link that says Invest with Owen in your podcast player to join one of our live platform walkthroughs or book a call with us. You can also view the Rask Invest PDS and TMD and get invested with me.